Our scripture reading today is taken from Acts chapter 5, verses 17 through 42. And our sermon today is entitled, The Book of Acts, God is at Work. Once again, as we're going through the book of Acts, a lot of narrative. And so this will be a long reading once again. But the high priest rose up, and all who were with him, that is, the party of the Sadducees, and filled with jealousy, they arrested the apostles and put them in the public prison. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, Go and stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. And when they heard this, they entered the temple at daybreak and began to teach. Now when the high priest came and those who were with him, they called together the council and all the senate of the people of Israel and sent to the prison to have them brought. But when the officers came, they did not find them in the prison. So they returned and reported, We found the prison securely locked and the guards standing at the doors. But when we opened them, we found no one inside. Now when the captain of the temple and the chief priests heard these words, they were greatly perplexed about them, wondering what this would come to. And someone came and told them, Look, the men, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Then the captain with the officers went and brought them, but not by force, for they were afraid of being stoned by the people. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council. And the high priest questioned them, saying, We strictly charge you not to teach in this name. Yet here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and you intend to bring this man's blood upon us. But Peter and the apostles answered, We must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses to these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. When they heard this, they were enraged and wanted to kill him. But a Pharisee in the council named Gamaliel a teacher of the law held in honor by all the people, stood up and gave orders to put the men outside for a little while. And he said to them, Men of Israel, take care what you are about to do with these men. For before these days, Theodos rose up, claiming to be somebody, and the number of, the number of men, about 400, joined him. He was killed. And all who had followed him were dispersed and came to nothing. After him, Judas the Galilean rose up in the days of the census and drew away some of the people after him. He too perished, and all who followed him were scattered. So in the present case, I tell you, keep away from these men and let them alone. For this plan or this undertaking is of man it will fail. But if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. 
you might even be found opposing God. So they took his advice. And when they had called in the apostles, they beat them and charged them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. Then they left the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. And every day in the temple, from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. May the Lord bless us in the reading of his holy word. Good morning once again. I want you to look around you and say good morning one more time. Say hello to each other. It is by God's grace and by God's mercy that we are able to gather together as his people. It's wonderful to see families sitting together. It's wonderful to see our Emory students having returned from their summer break. It's wonderful to see all of us here knowing that God has brought us together as one people to worship him. There is nothing more joyful and energizing than knowing that God loves us and God loves his people. There is nothing more joyful than to know that as we look around, we see people who, well, have troubles, people who are suffering, but yet in the name of our Savior, we know that we have a hope that is eternal and that that eternal hope gives us strength and courage today to love our God and to love one another. Gathering today, gathering as a church is not an option. It's a requirement. We need God and we need one another. Perhaps for some of you, this is your time of wilderness. That you're asking God, God, I need the path from A to B. I need you to answer me right away, right now. But God is saying A to B is not the best way to get to where you need to go. You need to go east for a while. You need to go south for a while. But as you do so, and as you gather here, it might feel like I'm going east, I'm going south. But know that God is meeting you. And know that our God is good. He is faithful to his people. Here in the book of Acts, we see God doing a new work. He is planting the seeds of his church. Before the book of Acts, you had simply Jesus himself, the Christ, going from place to place with his apostles, teaching about the kingdom of God. That the kingdom of God is at hand, or the kingdom of God is at near that all should repent and come to know the Lord. And Jesus would go from city to city, doing miracles, healing people, and preaching the good news to all. But the plan of God was not for Jesus to be a king on earth in his physical form. Jesus' plan was not that Jerusalem itself with him as the king would simply be the only locus for the gospel. 
But God's love was greater than that. God wanted his kingdom to be known to the ends of the earth. And so God's plan was different from the plans of men. God said, listen, Jesus, I need you to return. Sit at my right hand in your glorified body. And I will send the Holy Spirit upon my apostles. And they will speak the languages of the world so that all people may hear the gospel in their own native tongue. I will send them to all the ends of the world and they will perform miracles and heal people in order to testify once again that the words that Jesus is the Christ, that Jesus is the Messiah, will have weight and authority. And all peoples will one day repent of their sins. Repent that they have been enemies of God. Repent that they have broken the laws of the Lord. Repent that they have not loved their brothers and sisters. But repent in such a way that the forgiveness of God would be the only balm, the only thing that refreshes their soul. And so from the beginning of Acts 1 through 4, we see a series of events. We see people wondering why is it that Peter an uneducated man is able to preach and teach so powerfully. We see them beginning to heal near the temple and now in the temple area, preaching the same gospel and people wondering, how is it that thousands and thousands of people are coming to the Lord by such a simple message? Remember, miracles have been performed in the past. Remember, people have been performed. People have been healed in the past. But the difference that we see from Acts chapter 1 to now is the message. But this message is very simple. And as we've seen from week to week, from Acts chapter 1 until now, and I hope you're not getting bored of hearing this, but the, the message is simple is that Jesus Christ has died. Jesus Christ has risen. That Jesus Christ has come to, to, to forgive you of your sins. That you are simply called to repent before the Lord. To see that you have wronged him, but to see that he's given you the avenue of forgiveness in Christ himself. To confess that name and to come to him. And that God will make you new once again. This was the same message over and over and over again that he preached after every miracle, after every imprisonment. Jesus is Lord. Repent and believe. That's it. It's almost like a broken record. But this broken record is the only news that saves. And it's the only news that brought thousands and thousands of people to the church. Praise be to God. We do not have to alter the message. We do not have to package it in different ways. We do not have to try to describe it in such a way that it fits into our daily needs, perhaps. Perhaps. 
But in the end, we come to understand that every issue I have, every problem I have, every difficulty I have, that even when people have sinned against me, even when the world is broken and it's, and it's pounding me down, that the source of my unhappiness, the, the base of my difficulty in life is that I have forgotten that as a sinner, God has saved me and God loves me. When you look at children, and as parents, we, we try to do different things and to help them to be well-rounded kids, whether it's, you know, teach them arts or teach them sports, introduce them to different cultures and different foods. I mean, just know that sometimes our, our kids sort of go astray here and there. And we know that the Lord has given the parents and, and the church as a whole, you know, the, uh, the, uh, the task of raising our child upright in the Lord. But children are extremely resilient. All you need to tell them is, Mom and Dad, we love you. We love you. And they'll bounce back. There's this one interesting thing in the nation of Japan. If you ever see, uh, there's documentaries and there's books about this, of, of children as, as young as five or six years old, they will take the subway by themselves to school. Can you imagine sending your five or six-year-old by themselves to school, taking a subway and, and walking to school and then walking back without any supervision? But the sociologists say the reason, at least in that culture, that these kids are so independent and able to do that is because at home, especially the mothers, instill in their kids that they are loved by their mom, they're loved by their dad. And no matter what happens out in the world, when they come home, they know they're safe. That message itself for, for the world and even for us as believers in Christ, that touches us. And if we argue from the lesser to the greater, the lesser being the things of this world, the greater the, the spiritual things of this world, how much more, brothers and sisters, when you hear from the pulpit, when you hear from God's word, when you hear from one another, God loves you. God honestly loves you. Does that not melt your heart? Does that not allow us to say, Lord, I'm sorry for not trusting you? Does that not give you courage to go out into this world and to live as becomes a follower of Christ? This is all that's happening here. In Acts chapter 1 through Acts chapter 5, And Peter and the apostles, they, they keep teaching. They, they keep preaching the simple gospel. People come to know the Lord. And the leaders around them, the Sadducees, the, Sadducees, the, the scholars of, of, of the people, of the Israelite people, they were getting worried what, what's, what's going on. This, 
this cult, this sect that's rising up. And they had them imprisoned. And as we saw in the passage, the angel of the Lord came and released them. Where did they go? They just went back outside and started preaching again. I mean, for me, if I was like God, I'd be like, all right, I've done my work for today. Time to go home, make some nice coffee, relax, and I'll come back to the next. They went straight out preaching the gospel. And people came to know Christ again more and more. And they were brought back. And they were arrested once again. And the leaders were like, what do we do with these people? We charged them. We said, listen, stop preaching what you're preaching. But they were also afraid. You have thousands and thousands of people coming to know Christ. they, They could have a mob on their hand. Please stop preaching this gospel you're preaching. And Peter says, who am I to obey? Am I supposed to obey man? Or am I supposed to obey God? And there was a teacher of the law, Gamaliel. He was a wise man. He said, listen, things like this have happened in the past. They've happened in the past. These leaders have risen up and followers have came, but once they died, it dissipated. It went away. If this is a man, it will go away. Don't do anything. But if this is from God, you yourself can't stop it. And you yourselves might even be opposing God himself. Now there's two things that I, I want to sort of impress upon you from this passage. One is Peter and the apostles. Just the joy that overflowed. Just the joy that overflowed in, in sharing the simple good news with people that Jesus is here to save you. Just the way that they were bold to to keep going and and, and sharing the same gospel. I want to impress upon you this. They did not take an apologetics class. At this point, they were not looking at the culture and trying to dissect the culture to understand how to best argue about the merits of Christianity. Those are all good things. We'll talk about that later in Acts chapter 17 and forward. But the base belief, the base heart of every believer is to know that the message we have to share is a very simple message and that this simple message has changed the world. And you have it. It's it's like Harry Potter when they learn those magic words, right? They learn the magic words and things change. This is more than that. Because when you say with your heart to someone else, listen, I know you're going through a hard time. Let me pray for you. 
But let me share with you. My God knows your troubles. And I want you to know that my God can be present there for you. Jesus died for our sins. All the wrong things in this life, and you know you've done wrong too, but because we've done wrong against God, we have all this, all this mess. But Jesus is here to fix all of that, and he fixed that in me. A simple message to bring hope and love to people. A simple message that is the seed and the fruit of the church. A simple message that you carry with you today. Be what the be the message that the Lord has given you. The other is this. God's kingdom will never be stopped. If this church is of man, this church will die. If this church is of God, this church and the kingdom that it represents will never die. We must have faith. We must have courage and understanding that we have the power of God in our hands. And this power, nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing can withstand it. When we say, in the name of Jesus, we pray these things, it's the power of Jesus that seals it. When we say to each other that God saves and God will come again, that message is true and true for all of eternity. And we know, do we not, that we are doing the things of God do the things of God. Do the things that last for eternity. Let us do the things not of men and women or of this world. I don't know your life and where God is taking you to. I, I don't. I wish I did. You know, there are, there are some people who want a pastor or someone who can say, tell me, am I going to become a doctor? Tell me, am I going to get married? Tell me, am I going to have kids? Because like I said with the children's message, you've gone through elementary, middle, high school, college, perhaps grad school. You're wondering, all right, this is the path. What's next? And then after grad school, you feel like you're falling off a cliff or college are falling off a cliff because there's nothing left. I don't know what God has in store for you in this world, but I know that what he does have in store for the church is no matter where you are in your life, 
that God will bound us together to see his kingdom and to rejoice in his kingdom. Let us not build the things of men. Let us not build the things of this world here in this church, here at CCPC. Let's only build the things of God. Let our speech, let our actions reveal that we belong to him and to him alone. Praise be to God. Praise be to the gospel. You who belong to Jesus, rejoice. Rejoice deeply in him. For you are loved. And you will always be loved. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we rejoice in you and you alone. Who else in heaven do we have but you? Who else on earth, Lord, can fill our desires but you? You and you alone are God. And we ask of you, Lord Jesus, to help CCPC, help this church to be centered upon the good news of Christ. Yes, all of us here have been the ones who crucified our God with our sins. But Lord, we also know, Lord, that he rose from the dead. And by your infinite and perfect plan, you have forgiven us of our sins through that. We belong to you. And this belongingness, Lord, to you and to one another in the gospel is what makes this church alive. May your spirit, Lord, make us alive in the goodness of Christ. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.